This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Verily Curnot. Verily is the host of Why Me with Verily. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. I feel very honored to be on your show and be able to talk to your audience and hopefully provide lots of value today. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yes, to understand where I am today is to understand where I've come from, which is a long line of adversity. (laughs) I've had an awful lot of things in my life, including being born with disabilities, being able to navigate or, or learn how to navigate around adversity has been something that's allowed me to still be able to achieve things in my life despite the odds against me. And I always explain certain moments that I have been through as to why I do what it is that I do today, which is the Why Me Movement and the Why Me podcast. And that is to talk about a moment in time. At this moment in time, I'd just been diagnosed with two serious conditions, acenophilia, which is a blood disorder, vocal cord dysfunction, which is where my vocal cords would close up when I tried to breathe in. And so I was suffocating trying to breathe in. And we already knew that I had very severe asthma, which meant that my lungs were closing up when I tried to breathe out. And so I was operating on most days between 70 to 85% oxygen. And most people operate around 95 to 100. So I was literally blue a lot of the time and I struggled to be able to move I struggled to be able to do the things that I wanted to do and for me that was really difficult because even though I had grown up with these conditions they'd gotten to a point where they were a lot worse than what I'd ever had to deal with before and so I was not able to do all the things that I used to do. I was not able to be a tennis player. I was not able to work as I had been in my business. And so there was an awful lot of loss that I was going through. I'd also was on this healing journey, basically from domestic violence and sexual assault at the hands of my ex-husband. And so I found myself in this position where we just recently got these diagnoses that explained a little bit more why I was so sick. I was spending way more time in hospital than I was out of it. And the, luckily for me, there was a new treatment available and I received Botox injections into one of my vocal cords to paralyze it. And it sounds like, well, why would you do that? The thing is, because every single day I was trying to breathe and my vocal cords were closing so much, there was almost no way for the air to get in. By paralyzing that vocal cord, it allowed my airway to stay open. And so this life-saving treatment that I'd received was the first time ever waking up from that operation that I had 100% oxygen ever. I never even had that while on supplementary oxygen before. And so I felt really excited. I felt really, really hopeful that finally this might be my chance to start really living my life again. 
And then within 24 hours, we were on our way home from that, that hospital. I live in a rural town, half an hour away from any hospital to be able to help me. And I started suffocating. My vocal cord had swollen up so much in response to that procedure that I couldn't get air in and I was dying. This was not the first time that I'd been suffocating to this level. This was actually the 17th time. And yet this time was different because I wasn't close to a hospital. I wasn't able to pull on any reserves because I had none left. And to be in that situation, to know this is the impending end for me. And I was only in my early 30s. I had a young child who I would have left motherless. You know, this was just something I didn't want to comprehend. And yet here I was faced with the situation this was happening And so I was put into an induced coma when we finally did get to the hospital. And it wasn't until I woke up a few days later that I discovered that was a coma I wasn't meant to survive. Nobody expected that I could possibly survive it. And I did survive. And when they pulled the breathing tube out, I did breathe on my own. And to me, I was just like, well, yep, come on, let's do this. You know, I remembered having the the procedure. I remembered that I had 100% oxygen before this. And I was thinking, well, what went wrong? But hey, I'm here. Let's do this. This is the 17th time that I'd survived death. And I was determined to make it the last time that I asked that question, why is this happening to me? Hence the Why Me movement and the Why Me podcast. Because I understood that mindset. I understood what it was like to be there looking around at everybody who seemed to be taking breathing for granted as you would, as you do, as I did until I couldn't do it. And asking that question, why me? Why am I the person that's constantly in hospital? Why can't I seem to be out of breathe? Why is my body not working like it's supposed to? And so I decided then that that was the last time I was going to ask that question. And instead, I was going to fully 100% commit to only declaring these are the reasons I'm still here. These are the reasons how I can help other people. And I, as I mentioned before, I've been through an awful lot of adversity. And so I had lots of different ways that through speaking and sharing my story, was able to inspire and help empower other people with, with ways that they can also help themselves by sharing. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things in situations. I mean, you take your health for granted until something happens. And sometimes those health issues snowball and, you know, one's discovered and then another one's discovered. Uh, my, my aunt was uh, in July, she had pain and apparently she got gallstones and then she needed her gallbladder removed. And then she got an infection that wouldn't heal. And because of COVID and everything, she was in an outpatient uh, center from July all the way to up to three weeks ago with no one being able to go in there because of COVID. So people could only go and pass her like, like homemade food through the door or like call her. So she was like basically isolated by herself for all this time. And she's still not a hundred percent. So it's one of those things where like things can come out of nowhere and you know, you have to figure out what to do. And I mean, it's tough because it's tough mentally, you know, emotionally and, it gets to you when it's something like that. But I guess finding, like you said, your reason for, for why and your reason to not give up and, and get through it is key. Oh, it absolutely is key. And it's sad to hear that that she's gone through that. I myself have had my gallbladder out. I know how painful that situation is. And yet to be stuck 
on her own. I get that too. And it's not easy. And this is why I started the podcast, because for me, when I was in hospital, all those nights on my own, too far away for any family and friends to come and visit. And quite often I would be in four bed wards and the other people would have all of their family around all day long. So it wasn't like I was literally alone because there were other people around. There were always nurses around. There were always staff around. There were always other people being visited. But sometimes that can make you feel even more alone because they're focused on their loved one and you're there in the corner with nobody who can come and visit regularly. You know, like I I definitely have my family come and visit, absolutely. But they weren't able to stay there like everybody else. And And so it's the reason why I turn to listening to podcasts, why I listen to a lot of music um, and why I understand the power of voice and the power of sharing our stories. Because even if you are feeling very alone, you can connect through listening to someone else's voice, through listening to their circumstances, through listening to the way that they are working through those difficulties. And in that way, it helps you to feel stronger. It helps you to, to feel more hopeful, even, even if you're in a difficult situation. Yeah, that's why I feel like it's important for everyone if they have a story or something they've overcome or going through to share it because you don't know who's listening or going through that same thing. And that may help those people through that or through it more smoothly. You know, I think we've spoken before, like I'm a foster parent, went through five miscarriages with my wife and I didn't necessarily really start sharing it up until like a year and a half ago, because there was nobody in my opinion in the space from a male perspective, sharing things like that or those experiences. And when I started to do so, other people reached out, Hey, can you add this, a viewpoint to, to your audience or even people like on clubhouse where we met they haven't went up on stage in the rooms to talk about podcasting they simply sat in the audience and then related hey like reached out to me on different platforms like linkedin or instagram hey you know i'm a foster parent too or i went through some of the things you've talked about it's nice to hear that there's other people out there so you don't know the commonality and the camaraderie you can build and the community you can build unless you start sharing and kind of relating in that sense as well Oh, that is so important. And thank you on behalf of everybody. Thank you for sharing your story. It is valuable. It is important and it is needed. And, you know, you're, you're witnessing that you're receiving that information from people. And I also say thank you to your audience and the people who are reaching out and giving you that feedback. That, that's the other thing is that when we put our story out there, we are not always able to know how it's being received. We're not always able to find out that impact that it's having. And so as podcasters, as people sharing our journey, we love it when people then communicate to us the impact that we've had because it does help us to say, you know, it was worth sharing my story today because this person was really impacted. This person felt more connected today. This person walked away feeling that they can now share their story. And that was one of the driving forces between me sharing my own story for many years, which I actually did for a long time after I'd left my husband and that abusive situation. I did share on local stages. The interesting thing was that moment I shared when I had my vocal cord paralyzed and woke up from that coma, I had no voice 
because paralyzing my vocal cord meant that I couldn't speak. And yes, I actually went back and had more of those treatments despite that reaction that I had and the possibility it could occur again. I went back through that treatment for a two-year period. I had no voice for two years, which makes it even more delicious to me now that I have a podcast, that I can share my voice, I can share my story with others because it was a voice that I very nearly lost forever. Thankfully for me, there's been some other treatments come along in the meantime and I've not had to go through that particular one for, well, since then. But, yeah, it's, it's just so important. And finding your voice, it takes so much more than just having a voice, if that makes sense. Every, everybody who can speak has the opportunity to share their story and the opportunity to understand the power of their story. And when I didn't have that opportunity, I turned to other means. And this is the thing that I love when we work around adversity rather than banging our head against a brick wall and saying, well, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Let's look to what you can do. And so I shared my story in my artwork. I shared my story in the written form. I shared my story inside my head to myself so that I knew when I did get my voice back, which for a long time I didn't know if I would, I knew that when I did then get it back physically, I could start impacting people's lives. And I'm an ordinary person. And ordinary people can do extraordinary things. And that's the part I love. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time. But what currently motivates you to succeed? Yeah, they have changed over time. Success is an interesting word. And I think to define success for me used to be more about what it was that I did. It used to be more about how much money am I making to be able to meet the needs that we have as a family, for example, which for a long time was difficult for us when you're extremely sick and, and I had to walk away from a very, quote, successful business that I'd built myself to suddenly be almost in poverty where I was selling my furniture just to keep food on the table and, and these buy swap sell sites on Facebook, I was using them constantly to turn around to say, okay, well, that's a great buy. If I buy that and I'll use that for a little while and then I can sell that and make a small profit and then buy something else that's cheap. I mean, that was sort of, that became what was successful to me because I was essentially keeping food on the table and keeping a house over our head. Now I see success as less about what we have in terms of physical things and it's more about how happy I feel with impacting people's lives. For me, success feels more like I've allowed this person in my audience today, I've allowed this person in your audience today to feel connected to the story, to feel connected to themselves, to start stepping into their own potential. And so for me, I feel that that's what success looks like now is that I am impacting people's lives individually, globally. I'm actually allowing them to step into their own 
why to step into their own understanding of who they are and how they can make a change in the world. And so that's how I feel successful today. Yeah, I think it's kind of like that mindset uh, shift I had it at one point too, where it's like thinking about uh, more so legacy and being a kind of a heart-led entrepreneur and it's, you know, helping people realize may have, uh, may, may be what their passions are that they never thought of their passions or like a skill set that they never thought would make them happy or that they can be an expert in. It's kind of discovering who you are. So becoming self-aware in terms of your strengths. And I think that comes with experience and building your uh, emotional IQ and empathy over time. Obviously, uh, when you're like 20 and you're out of school and whatnot, you think you know everything and you're the best at everything. And then I guess when you get older to a certain extent, like you get like, I know there's been discussions on Clubhouse and in general, like that imposter syndrome, like, you know, am I actually as good enough? Or do I deserve this? Am I like, you know, the the expert at this? And I mean, it just, I, I, you know, everything is a journey in my opinion. And I feel like wherever you were uh, yesterday, if you, you know, have the the luxury of waking up today and obviously having breath in your lungs, you can change the trajectory of your life depending, you know, no matter where it is, you can take the steps today and take action so you can become a, a better person tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. And, and this is the thing. For a good 12 years, I didn't know if I was going to wake up when I went to sleep. I had trouble enough getting to sleep in the first place to know that I then woke up was like, wow, I did it because I really was that sick and I really was struggling that many times. And particularly the times when I was in hospital, there were moments when I couldn't move a single muscle in my body and my only reason in that moment for being was to keep my body alive and to struggle that much to want to be here, I felt like, I can't waste this. I can't waste this opportunity. I don't want to just keep living my little life here. And although to all of the people who know me personally and around me and my family and my friends and the people I work with and, and the people who do hear me speak and, and stuff like that, it's like, no, I have a bigger reason. I have a bigger purpose. I actually am able to help so many more people. And this is the information that was constantly coming back to me. And yet I felt like it was so difficult to act upon that when I was so sick, when I wasn't able to talk. And so I do wake every morning now when I feel so much better than I used to. I'm doing so much better in so many levels. I wake now saying, yes, I'm alive. How am I going to impact today? And I love that. You know, that is what motivates me every single day. And a classic example, I've just started opening a room on Clubhouse. And for me, I set it at 7 a.m so that I can get up, I can have a wonderful chat with people, I can allow them time to ask me questions of what they want to know about me as a person, about the podcasts, and then I go to work because I, I work full-time. And so I woke up yesterday and I'd been up quite late. I'd been editing an episode, which I was loving editing, and I just couldn't put it down. And so I got that done, went to bed quite late. And I woke up with my alarm at, I don't know, quarter to seven. And I thought, oh, I just don't feel like it this morning. I really don't. 
And you know what? I'm doing it anyway. And we had some of the best conversations on that on that uh, session yesterday. And I felt so rejuvenated. The second I started talking to people, I felt I'm awake. I'm up. This is great. You know, I'm making an impact. And sometimes we find ourselves in that situation where we actually don't feel like it. And it's remembering our why. It's remembering the impact that we can have through that connection with other people and to provide that opportunity and then to allow yourself to receive it's it's wonderful this is what keeps me going and and so many people ask me how do you do it you know you're doing all this stuff and you're working and you're doing all that I'm like I do it because it's the passion it really is it's what helps me keep going it's what helps me get up every day it's what helps me feel worthwhile and it's not to say that you need to look externally for that. That's not what I'm saying, but it certainly helps. It helps prop you up, you know, and, and when you are operating within your purpose, wow, so cool. Yeah, and it's not easy. I think a lot of people, like you see on other social media platforms, it's an artificial view of people's life. It's either uh, very canned and scripted or it's a highlight reel. So like you're not on vacation you know, every day. I mean, there are a select few that are living that lifestyle, but people kind of portray on social who they want to be, not necessarily who they are. So I think it's important to, you know, come to terms with everybody gets kind of discouraged at times. Nobody's a hundred percent motivated, but it's what you do to recalibrate and get back on track because there's days obviously in my life every day where I'm just drained and exhausted. And why am I doing this? Obviously, you know, with four foster kids and other things going on and a business and podcasts and stuff. So it, it sometimes it makes you question of why you're doing things. But like you said, when you know your why, it's kind of like the cornerstone, like a pillar of foundation that regardless of what kind of doubt gets thrown against it, like that's what's, you know, left there at the end of the day. Absolutely. And the other thing it does is it provides contrast. And so when we have the two sides of something and I often talk about light and shadow being being the visual artist I am I talk about light and shadow all the time because without the light you wouldn't have the shadow and a lot of people run from the shadow they see the shadow as dark they see it as not good and for me I love the shadow <laughs> and as a photographer we want shadow because to have everything light you lose form and so the shadow is a vital part of an amazing picture or, or image or story and so for me it's about stepping into that shadow and taking away that fear and when we allow ourselves to do that then we see the contrast we see the light in a different way in a different perspective and this is what those moments show to me you know those moments where you are exhausted those moments where you are questioning your why you only need to look to that contrast to say, well, this is my why, because I know how dark things can get. I know what it's like to feel like you're stuck in that shadow. I also know what it's like to look for the light and to find it and even create it when you don't think it's there. And for me, that light is the hope, that light is the purpose, that light is the impact that I have and that you have and that everybody has the opportunity to provide. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? 
Yeah. Gosh, there are so many things that come to mind. And as human beings, we often tend to sway towards the negative. And I, I think the interesting thing is, and, and I will answer this question, I think I've always been very good at flipping that script. And part of that was because my dad and my mum were very focused on teaching us to make the most of what we had and if we didn't have, to work a way around. And so I've had lots of weaknesses over the years. I've had burnout. I'm one of those people that goes 100 plus percent into everything, often without thinking about the consequences of what it does to myself personally. And so I've had to really learn to use that in a way that I can both help people in the ways that I know how to best and also look after myself. And so I'm still struggling with that. It's something that I do still go 100% into a lot of areas that perhaps I don't need to be 100% in because I understand the importance of taking care of myself. Of anybody, I understand that, you know, I'm very blessed to be here. I feel very blessed to be here and I don't take my health for granted. And yet if I am in a certain mindset of let's just get this done, this is so important right now, then I still have a tendency to put that above my own health and I still have a tendency to stay up too late, for example, and, and things like that. So it's, it's a journey I'm still on. I have lots of other things that were weaknesses, such as not understanding how to trust certain people after my trust was broken in such a way that I never expected could be the case with my husband, with everything that I went through, through the domestic violence, through the sexual assaults, which there were many. You know, I, I didn't know how to trust people for a long time and so one of the things that I'm extremely good at and always have been is trusting people and being empathetic and being able to have that connection instantly often with people. And yet that became a weakness and it was like, I don't like this being a weakness because this is who I am, you know. And, and so for me there was a long road in learning how to be able to trust people again. And I'm happy to say that I am fully operating again in my empathic self, in, in my ability to trust. And yet there is still a tiny little bit there that says sometimes just be careful. You know, it's that little bit of intuition says mm, just be careful with this one, you know. Um, and that, that sort of then brings me back to mm, there's a reason why. I'm getting that message, um, which then can be a trigger for, you know, what I went through. I mean, I, I had complex PTSD and, and so sometimes I do get triggered. These days when I get triggered, um, I'm very used to working through my own management techniques that help me through that. And so it doesn't anywhere near debilitate me like it used to. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, that's still one area of weakness I think sometimes. But that's okay because if we've got weaknesses, we can work on them to help turn them into strengths as well. Again, it's that contrast. It's that light and shadow. Yeah. And I like the first part of that, I have a tendency to like sleep like four hours. So my mind's always racing. And like, as you know, I have 
about a hundred episodes to edit, which is, I mean, baffling um, just to think about it. But it's one of those things where like, even you get on a plane, they tell you to put your, if something happens, your oxygen mask first before helping somebody else. And that mindset, you know, you have to take care of yourself before you can, you know, be a blessing and value to other people. Although I try to add as much value as possible to people. I mean, it's, if I'm just burnt out and get tired and sick because I'm just going all out, like you have to be self-aware of, you know, what you're doing. And like in the trust thing, you know, my, my father was uh, physically abusive to my mom. Uh, He, when she was pregnant with my brother, uh, he threw her down the stairs, which I witnessed. So then, you know, the doctor said that he could have been stillbirth and stuff like that. Luckily, you know, he was born, thank God, no issues. He went to an Ivy League school for like a master's degree and he has that aspect. But it's one of those things where it's like, I had to uh, get through that to one, trust and even get close uh, to people in that sense, knowing I didn't necessarily really have a father, like a father figure other than my grandfather that stepped up. Like my dad was present, but he wasn't around. He didn't really parent. And obviously that uh, abusive component. So like it, it leaves, uh, you know, a situation where one, it's hard to trust and one, there's like a void and figuring out like what to fill that void with where it's like positive because I think everyone that goes through something traumatic or may have had, you know, an abusive spouse, parent, or, you know, raised by like an alcoholic, they have the option to use that as a crutch also and say, you know, my father and mother was an alcoholic. Well, let me, you know, it's easier for me to be an alcoholic and play in that stigma and that kind of generational type aspect. But everyone has that path to take. They can either use it to harness and turn it into something positive or let it kind of fester and let them, you know, let it eat them up inside. Oh, totally. And and the thing is, I think everybody goes through that journey. And that, that's part of being a human being, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves. It's okay. Initially, <laughs> you just don't want to stay there. And it's when we stay there and that that starts consuming our every day, that's when it's a problem. And, you know, this is why I call my movement, Why Me?, without a question mark, without the exclamation mark, without the woe is me words in there, without the victim words in there, without survivor in there, because it's a question and it's a statement all at the same time. You know, it's it's saying to yourself, it's okay. Whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm thinking, it's okay. Is there a way that I can look at my own self have these conversations with myself to better understand where I'm at, to then know who do I need to ask for support from? How can I help myself out of this situation or this mindset or this this funk that I'm in right now? And the importance of those conversations with ourselves, and I know a lot of people don't often talk about having a conversation with ourselves, but that's what we're doing every single day. When that voice is in there, when those thoughts come in, We have that opportunity every single time to say, is this thought lifting me up or is it pushing me down? Is it holding me back or is it propelling me forward? And to think of it as a conversation that we can have with ourselves gives us another level of understanding and perspective and power that we actually can have that choice. We can say, today I'm going to choose this way and see what happens. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, you wake up and you have that choice. The only person that can make it for you is yourself. So like I always say on a lot of interviews, it's a you versus you battle and you have to kind of get out of your own uh, head. And sometimes that's paralyzing, obviously, like even making a decision that's out of the norm, taking the leap uh, on a business opportunity or, you know, like on Clubhouse, a lot of people have wanted to start a podcast. I mean, I think if I wanted, if I started when I wanted to start, it would have been like five years earlier, honestly, but, you know, at least I started and, you know, got to meet a lot of great people and collaborate and do things in the space. But it's kind of that self-paralyzing and some people never get out of it. So, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, they they think about what if I made that, you know, choice. I mean, if you make a, a choice to change, worst thing that can happen is maybe you fail at something, you hit a roadblock, but you take something out, out of it because I somebody on my show, and I use it now all the time, say, says everything in life is a lesson or a blessing. So, you know, it's what you take out of every situation. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and it's that concept of failing forward, you know, that, yes, this is scary to do something out of the norm. Yes, you don't know what's going to happen. Those what ifs are going to come up and you're going to be living in some of those what ifs. Oh, now this has happened. Oh, what am I going to do now? You know, but the thing is, it's an experience. And if you don't have that experience, then you hold regret or you hold on to those what ifs forever. They're those questions you never get to answer. So the only way to really satisfy yourself is to give it a go. And yes, it's scary. Fear is a normal part of life. You know, fear is an emotion that a lot of people run away from. It's just an imp- as important an emotion as happiness, as, as all the different things that drive us for different ways of behaving and being and, and getting fulfillment in the world. And so I learned a long time ago to be uncomfortably comfortable, if that makes sense. You know, stepping out where I wasn't feeling comfortable in my actions or in the possible consequences or in not knowing what's going to happen allowed me to learn that it's okay. No matter how bad I think things are going to get, if it's life or death, okay, but everything else. (laughs) And I think I think this is the thing, like I've survived 17 times. Every single time was important, obviously, to me and to the people who love me and and the people who do find impact in in what it is that I do with the message. And yet it's like you get a whole new perspective. That 17th time, that was such a massive shift in my perspective. And it really wasn't that different to all the other times, but there was something in my journey that made it stand out. There was something that it became a really pivotal moment in me that I made that decision to stop sitting in that woe is me and to start declaring these are all the reasons that I have to step into my potential. The biggest one of all, I'm still here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, coming to that self-realization is key. And then when you do realize that, obviously, then you can take action from that. Mm, And you need the journey. You know, I often say to people, if you're wanting to get up a flight of stairs, you can't jump from step number one up to the top. You have to walk each, each step along the way. Okay, some of you might be able to skip two steps at a time, but you've still got to take that journey. And what I love to share is that 
when you stop being afraid of the journey and the experience and you start observing everything that you are offered along the way, even if it's hard and often because it's so hard, that's where the growth happens. That's where we do get to savor all of the delicious moments along the way. And in hindsight, when we have been observing what happened, then we get to look back and say, wow, I get it now. I may not have got it then when I was in the thick of it, but I get it now and I can see how much that opportunity provided me, how much that experience has actually grown me, how many lessons I have learned through that experience and that's the thing I love about adversity is even for things that have happened years ago in our life we can still be learning from it now and and I often talk to people about the importance for me personally of forgiving but not forgetting because I want to honor that journey and by sharing my story I allow other people the permission to then choose if they'd like to share theirs. And so often after I speak, I find people like, wow, you gave me the courage to share my own story. And for me, that's huge. I know that you get it as well, Roman. Um, There are a lot of people that once they feel that connection, it allows them to open up. and, And that is just, that's a beautiful thing that we can offer. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you can leave with the audience in terms of advice, personal or professional? Mm. How about both? (laughs) This advice applies personally and professionally. And it may come as a surprise, it may not. It's to breathe. When you focus on breathing, not only are you allowing that exchange to happen with your chemistry inside your body you're allowing that oxygen to come in you're allowing the carbon dioxide to go out what you're doing is you're creating an exchange like a communication and when you allow yourself the time to sit in that breath to observe what is going on to take in everything that that moment is offering you It can provide the peacefulness. It can provide the calmness of mind. It can provide the ability to see insight, to have things come up in your memories that you can say, wow, I can now see this opportunity or I can now see that I learned that from that situation. And for me, I say to breathe because so often life happens around us and it can feel chaotic and we can feel like we're not in control, we can control and influence our breathing. We can slow it down and we can do the same to our mind. It helps to bring us into that present moment. And so we can influence the way that we're thinking about the world in those moments. And so that's why my advice is to breathe, to focus on that breath, slow it down and allow yourself that space to be with yourself in that present moment and see what happens. Yeah. Like taking a step back for me, at least one, one time a day, obviously everybody's living busy lives, regardless of where they are in the world, obviously experiencing their own challenges and hurdles, but finding that one thing that helps you kind of reset or recalibrate on a daily basis and get in the right mindset 
and kind of in that moment, just like let go of the things that have been bothering you either to start off that day. Maybe you were worried about something and you woke up and that, and that was on your mind or you carried it over from the day before kind of recalibrating yourself and going into the day on a good kind of note, basically, I think it's important, or at least, I mean, I found it, even if it's five minutes to yourself, I think I found it like that peace of mind and getting to a place of peace and blocking all the chaos out, maybe all the responsibilities, all the to-dos for that day, and just kind of being in a sense of calm. I think it really goes a long way. Mm, mm, it does. It does. It, it helps to center us and it helps to ground us. And there is so much opportunity in every single moment, no matter where you are. Um, as somebody who only has three and a half out of my five senses, I, again, it's that contrast. You understand that. Um, there, there is a tactile sensation that can give us so much information. And yet so often we're focused on everything else. And being in your body is also really important. So again, it's it's just bringing everything together and it's starting to quieten that chaos that can happen, starting to quieten that space and know that, again, I'll come back to your words, Roman, that you are the only person who can make certain choices and you are the only person who's keeping yourself breathing. You are the only person who is dictating how you respond to the world. And so you can make the most of that by feeling really connected to yourself. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Absolutely. Vera Lee original on all social media and why me girl on clubhouse, same handle. Why me girls, what I'm known as. Pretty awesome. easy to get in contact with. <laughs> Thanks again for stopping by. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.